Let me introduce Malia Hayashida, who is going to uh, share with you the purpose of our chapel and uh, be leading it this morning. Today's chapel is being sponsored by the Westmont Student Missionary Fellowship. And the purpose of it is to serve as sort of a continuation of the last three days of chapel that have focused on discussing and thinking about the nature of missions. If you have any desire to be involved in missions, whether it's short-term or career, anytime in the future, we really want to encourage you to pursue that. And even if you don't feel like missions is for you to be involved with directly, Hopefully today will give you an opportunity just to hear a little bit more about what is going on in missions around the world and about what it, how God is using people, not only from the U.S., but from many other countries, to cross boundaries like Christ did. So we've inv invited three students and one faculty member to come and share with you a little bit about their thoughts and their experiences on missions. But before they come, we'd like to open with a presentation of slides that we've compiled um, from each of their mission trips. Hopefully the slides will give you a better visualization of the places that they're going to be talking about. After the slides, our first two speakers will come. The first will be Sarah Alford, followed by Kristen Thurman. And then a group of students will come and share an acapella presentation of People Need the Lord. In that group will be Heather Havens, Valerie Tulos, Peter Vodder, Zimmy, and Sarah Morlock. And then if we are still doing our right on time, then we'll have our last two speakers come. First will be Chris Cook, and then Sharon Coe. Good morning. I wasn't sure if it was my turn yet. When they asked me to come and speak about my experience this summer in New York, I was so excited, and I thought, this would just be great. I'll have about a half an hour to tell you all about this experience. And they said I have five minutes. So I'm going to try and cram the most amazing experience of my life into these five minutes. So here goes. Keep in mind, I'm being very, very brief. I want to start by telling you a little bit about the program I participated in this summer. Uh, I was an intern at Metro Ministries as a part of their summer internship program. Metro Ministries is located in the heart of Brooklyn in the ghettos of New York City. The actual place where their facilities are located is called Bushwick, and Bushwick, I found out after arriving, is the number one most likely place to get shot in all of New York. So that was fun. Anyway, um, it began 16 years ago and was founded by a man named Bill Wilson, who is one of the most godly men I've ever met, just an amazing man. Um, and it, it started as a sidewalk Sunday school and a bus ministry. The typical week consists of spending your time actually in the projects doing these sidewalk Sunday school programs all over the ghettos of New York. And then on Sunday, you bus entirely different groups of kids in, three separate bus routes, bus them in to do the same program indoors. So it reaches out to a total of 19,000 kids every week currently, which is just amazing. The program's also based on the essential idea of visitation, which is go, actually going into the projects and knocking on doors and checking on every kid on your roster every week. So it's just amazing how they get that done. Metro Ministries is currently the largest children's ministry in the United States and has grown to include, at present, an 800-person youth group and a 1,500-person adult congregation as well. So, um, like I said, just amazing. They have a total of 35 sidewalk trucks and over 50 buses at present. I want to share with you now some of the special highlights for my experience. I remember going into the projects for the first time. I would say that was the scariest 
experience for me in general. Walking in and uh, you go into the elevators there and the smell of urine is so pungent you can hardly breathe when the door shuts. It's just awful. And graffiti everywhere. And I remember walking in and there were these, this scary group of guys who walked in and I asked my staff member, you know, who are they? And she's like, those are drug dealers. And they, you know, you can see the gun that they're packing in. That's just normal. And we just don't even realize here in middle America the idea of what a ghetto is. We have no concept. And there's so many children that this is completely normal for them. One of those kids, this was my favorite kid, his name was Lala. You saw a picture of him in the slideshow. His real name was Alexander, and he was six years old. And he had dreadlocks and just the cutest little accent. He didn't say Sarah. He said Sarah, because they have this New York accent. And he had no dad. His mom had been in and out of prison, but he had one of the tenderest hearts of any, any child I've ever met. And the, one of my funniest memories was when he told me he loved to play with my hair, because they don't see a lot of this kind of hair there. So he's playing with my hair, and he's like, your hair is so yellow, and it's so soft. And he told me that it looked just like Barbie. So <laughs> haven't been told that too many times. Um, I, I want to close just in telling you how this experience changed my life. I learned the power of prayer. I learned the power in Jesus' name. I saw miracles happen every day because people were willing to get on their face before the Lord and intercede for the cities. And, and, and I've never seen that prior to going to New York. And so I've really learned the power that we have being Christians and being children of God. And I learned also how beautifully diverse the body of Christ is. Going to Metro Church was one of my favorite things. Uh, just hearing them worship. They'd have a song in Spanish and they had the choir rocking out. And it, it was just amazing just to see how that we can get, come together and have a common goal. Our intern group, we had 25 people from six countries, many different states, learning to live together in community. I learned so much and just how that we can come together in, in Christ and be one. Ultimately, if I could sum it all up with an image, I would use the image of fire. And I'd like to say this, that if you draw close to fire, you can't help but get warmed up yourself. And maybe if you're lucky, you might even get burned. And my passion for the Lord grew so much just by being around those who are willing to recklessly abandon everything for the service of Jesus Christ. These, the staff members, they live in the ghetto because they know that living there earns them the right to be heard. They've suffered for Christ. And just by being around people that are such passionate lovers of Christ, you can't help but be infected. And so I want to close just by saying that to encourage you this summer as you look to do any kind of mission, go where you see God working. Get near the fire because you can't help but catch some of it yourself. And as you look, don't forget that one of our greatest, greatest mission fields, I believe, is right here in our backyard in the cities of America. So if, you have, if you're interested, come see me. There's scholarship money available for five students from Westmont to go. You can talk to Gloria um, Liker in the Korean Life Planning Office. She's got more info. And if you have any questions, I took 10 rolls of film, made four videos. So um, I'd love to share with you more. It was the most amazing experience of my life. Thank you very much. Hi. I have to make sure I'm speaking close enough and into the, into the mic. <laughs> Thank you. My name is Kristen Thurman, and I don't suspect that many of the students may know me. I work in the library behind the scenes, and so I thought I'd just take a, a brief moment to introduce myself to you. It's kind of dark, but I can see your faces a little bit. Um, I am truly a minority member at Westmont. It's true. I am not a graduate of Westmont. I'm not an alum, and I don't have a spouse that's working on campus somewhere. <laughs> so, you know, that tells you a little bit about me. Okay. The real reason that I'm here is because I really have felt a burden on my heart to speak a message to this community for God to raise up intercessors and prayer warriors 
for our brothers and sisters that are in Sao Paulo, Brazil. You may have some understanding about some of the things that are going on around the world in terms of the strongholds, the spiritual warfare, the work of the enemy. But I must say after being down there for nine short days that it is a comfort zone that we exist in here. We have our own trials, we have our own tribulations, that's true. And we all do bear the cross and that's true. But we also are able to live in a fairly free society where we can express our ideas and where we have freedom of movement and these kinds of things. And I'll tell you, in Sao Paulo, where there has been a history in the culture of abandonment of children and of wives, where there have been countless numbers of families who uh, have been involved in bigamy, polygamy, that there are literally um, hundreds of thousands of abandoned children and abandoned women that uh, speak to issues in their culture of loss and of not having the certainty of hope and having the certainty of being raised in love. And so the message that I come today with is one in which I'm hoping the Lord will raise up intercessors out of this group. And if you feel a burden on your heart as I'm speaking, I pray that you would put initials on the back of your um, chapel card, SP for Sao Paulo, and then I will be in touch with you about a prayer strategy to use for seeing our brothers and sisters prayed up, to have them covered in prayer, and to have the strongholds over that city prayed into. And so that's my real intent and purpose in being here. I actually asked Bart if I might speak at one of the chapels, and this was an opportunity that came available through the group that handles the missions, and I'm grateful for that. I have a couple minutes left, so I'm going to make use of that time. I want to tell you that in going to Sao Paulo, we thought we were going to go to work with Compassion International, and we thought we would be seeing different projects and doing that kind of work, but we ended up staying with Youth with a Mission in Sao Paulo. And the Lord revealed to us the purpose of the mission for each of us as we were going through the experience. We didn't understand, all of us, when we got there, what we would be doing. In fact, I don't think any of us had an inkling of what was going to happen. But the Lord had a purpose and a plan way back before we even knew about the possibility of going on a mission. And so as the mission time unfolded, we became clearer in our understanding that our brothers and sisters were being hard-pressed by the enemy. We became clearer in our understanding that we needed to not only pray for them and minister to them while we were there, but that we needed to continue our prayers for them, to see them covered and lifted up as they maintain their stand, as they try to continue to stand firm for Christ, and they are pushing back the darkness. For five years, the group from YWAM has been in Sao Paulo praying strategically throughout the city, doing praise and worship in subway stations and uh, districts that are business and marketplaces and in a place called the shadow, the excuse me, the valley of death, where there's prostitution and drug abuse and alcoholism and many things are running rampant there. And these people are bringing the light in, but they are also hard pressed. So I hope that you will be writing SP on the back of your chapel card and I pray that the prayer warriors here will also be in prayer. Thank you.
Uh, good morning. It's nice to be with you this morning. Uh, my name is Chris, and I am here to share a little bit about my experience in Honduras this past summer. Uh, my goal for the time we have together would be twofold. Uh, first, I'd like to give you some general information about the Honduras program. Secondly, I'd like to share how my personal experience in Honduras has affected my viewpoint on the importance of missions in a Christian liberal arts education. Westmont, in conjunction with uh, Diaconia Nacional, a nonprofit organization in Honduras, has organized over the past eight or nine years a summer mission trip to Honduras. Groups of students ranging from 17 to 14 people have committed some of their summer to help provide uh, water to a village in Honduras. The Honduras summer missions trip is six weeks long and broken up into two parts. The first week of the trip is spent in Guatemala, where students go through an extensive uh, language school. The time in Guatemala is a great opportunity to learn about Central American culture, pick up a little Spanish, and grow closer to other students uh, on the trip. The next five weeks are spent in a village uh, in Honduras. Our village called Las Islitas was located on a small island off the southern tip of Honduras. Uh, after arriving in Las Islitas, uh, we were quickly uh, welcome to the village by a tropical st storm. It wasn't so much a tropical storm as it seemed to be a uh, monsoon at the time. Uh, the storm continued for a couple days um, with thunder and lightning and the whole bit. Uh, the whole group was really anxious to get started on the project and I began to start wondering what the heck is going on up there. Does God really want us to start working on this project or what? And I kind of thought why do, these, why do these people need us to bring a water system if they're being supplied already with all this water? <laughs> uh, through the waiting and anticipation, uh, I remember the reason why we were there. And the reason for being there was not so much to work on the project for the Hondurans could uh, take care of this by themselves, but it was about being with the Honduran people. To me, missions are about people. Missions are about establishing relationships. And in the process of establishing relationships, uh, you're given the ability to share Christ with other people. Uh, the Honduras mission trip was about being in fellowship with other believers. An example of this type of fellowship was an experience that I had with a young man named uh, Francisco. Francisco was a fairly outgoing college-age student in the village, and he... Uh, we had a great time getting to know each other. Um, he would take the group fishing. Um, we'd hang out, play soccer together. We'd talk about things. Um, during one of the church services, uh, Francisco became fascinated by one of the songs we would sing during the service. Um, and the song is taken from Psalm 123, which states, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And the rest of the trip, he would come over with a little sheet of paper that, that, that had the words written in English. And we would sing together. And it was the greatest experience, one of the greatest experiences that I've ever had. That a person um, from the United States and a person from Honduras could be brought together to sing praises to God. And it was at that point that I think I fully understood what the body of Christ was all about. Uh, to be one in Him, uh, to experience the joy of sharing with one another the love of Christ. 
in chapel, Dr. Gady talked about being a responsible knower. And being a responsible knower, there's, requir- there's a requirement to apply knowledge. We are held responsible for what we learn in the classroom, but we are also held responsible for what we have learned from campus life. We have been given a gift to come to a Christian school like Westmont. Westmont for me has been an opportunity to learn about community, to learn about friendships and fellowships with other brothers and sisters in Christ, and to learn about the person of Jesus Christ and the relevance he has in my life. Given insight into how Christians can live together, I think we are held responsible for what we do with this information. Therefore, missions can be an experience for everyone. It is a chance to establish relationships, to learn about another culture, to share insight in a Christian community, and to grow with one another in Christ. Uh, Honduras could be characterized as a purposeful attempt to experience God in a new and radical way. And I think it's a wonderful opportunity to learn about yourself and to learn about God, a chance to get deep with team members and cross cultural barriers with people of Honduras to become one in Christ. Um, It was a very meaningful experience for me, and I would encourage anyone that's interested or has been thinking about what they were going to do this summer to seriously consider Honduras as an option. Thanks. a lot shorter than him. <laughs> Thanks. Hi, um, my name's Sharon, and I'm pretty excited about this opportunity to tell you a bit about um, my life growing up as a missionary kid. Um, I'm a freshman, and I'm from Singapore, at least I was originally. Um, I'll give you a little picture of my life. I was born um, when I was about one. I moved to Baguio in the Philippines, and um, at the age of two, I moved to Singapore for just half a year. And then I moved to um, San Bernardino, California. That's pretty new. And, um, and then to Columbus, Ohio, to Highland, California, to Seoul, Korea, mm, back to the States, out to Singapore. Anyway, so the story goes on. <laughs> and, um, by the time, this was my 13th year in school, and I've already been to 10 different schools. So you can kind of get the impression that it's not been a very permanent situation. I remember um, there was once that we moved into a place and moved out of the place so fast that the shipment from the last home didn't even come, and then it had to get forwarded down to the next place. But anyway, um, but one thing that I've really learned um, from my parents, I guess, because they're missionaries and they've made a commitment to God um, with their lives, I've really learned that there is a deep sense of urgency. Um, concerning Christ's second coming. I, well, I'm not putting like a date on it, but um, you know, the Bible is like pretty clear. It keeps repeating itself like, look, it's soon. Christ will be back soon, you know? And um, I just find that I tend to get lazy. Um, I think we have a really beautiful thing going on here. I'm really excited to be at Westmont. Like I said, I'm a freshman and you know, four whole exciting years ahead of me. But um, I, I just think that one of the good things, or one of the bad things about the good things that we have here is that I'm starting to get a little lazy and a little unfocused. And one of the lessons that um, God has been reminding me of in the last few days is that I need to keep my focus on Him. You ever meet those people who tell you um, in church, um, well, missions just ain't my thing, you know. Um, you guys can hop on the boat and sail off to deepest, darkest third world and, um, you know, I'll send you some money. But See, it's not about 
It's not about hopping on the boat. It's about making a commitment in your heart to focus on God, to, um, to live, live your life as if it revolves around Him. And I was just painfully reminded of that quite recently, that um, I have been running around in circles trying to enjoy the best of my Westmont life, and I haven't really been revolving around God as I'd like to be. And so this morning, um, I'd like to challenge all of you, actually, to examine your hearts and to think about um, just where your life is right now. I know that more than half of you can look at me and go, who's that small, small fry freshman throwing that up at me and telling me to examine my life and how I'm focused? What does she know? So um, I ask you to look past me and look at the cross and think about where your focus is, where your direction is, what it is you're trying to do with your life, um, and I don't know, that's, yeah, that's basically all that I really wanted to say about being a missionary kid. I could go on stories after stories of, like, me growing up and financial difficulties and being unhappy because, like, I'd make a friend and then we'd move and I'd lose contact with my friend. I, I have, like, friends all over the world, half of whom I don't have the address of, you know. <laughs> but I'm glad that God has always been there for me. Um, he's always been, like, a really close friend, and I appreciate him for that. So um, if you'd all do me a favor and just um, think, about, think about what you stand for today. Okay, please pray, please pray with me. Father, I just ask that um, you help us look at our hearts. Lord, allowing your Holy Spirit to show us where our direction is, where our focus is. Help us to see that... Um, Missions isn't just about, like, hopping on a boat to nowhere, but it's about a state of living. It's a state of commitment to you, a state of being focused on you. That's what missions is all about. And that's why we're still here on earth, um, right after we receive you into our lives and why we don't immediately go to heaven, because I guess, because you leave us here so we can tell others about you. Amen. Well, we've heard over the last week about the philosophy of missions and how it's been changing in the last few years with our different speakers that we had come and share for Missions Week. Now we've heard what our students have done uh, this last year, this summer, going to Honduras and Urban and to the other parts of the world. And I'm sure your next question right now is, well, so how can I get involved and what can I do? So uh, we have some answers for you for that. Today... Uh, at 11.30 in Hieronymus Lounge, there'll be an informational meeting to discuss the Honduras trip for this summer. So if you're all interested in that, what Chris was talking about today, uh, there'll be uh, a lot more information and detailed information of, of how you can get involved with that. Also, there's, there's thousands of mission organizations that would love to take each one of you and, and place you uh, in thousands of different of countries across the world and, and involve you in missions in some way. And I know there's a lot, so we've tried to narrow it down. And we've this is uh, our Westmont Student Mission Fellowship Viewbinder for the summer of 1997. We've included 13 mission organizations, uh, one on each page in this binder. And it, in there, it explains the countries that each organization goes to, uh, dates of trips that are being organized this summer, and the costs involved in each one of those trips. 
we will have binders uh, distributed across campuses in, in different areas. We'll let you know exactly where those are uh, coming up very soon. But flip through this and find out what you can do and where you can go. And and please, if any of you are interested in missions, come and talk to Malia and I or any other of, of the Christian Concerns core staff. We have an entire file cabinet dedicated to missions. We'd love for you to come up and and explore and find out what God has for you. So we hope that you can get excited about missions in the same way. Um, the bookmark that you received this morning coming in uh, is just a reminder for you to be thinking and praying about missions uh, over this week as we're having the fast today to think about missions. Think about that as well. And, and also a reminder to come up and see us in the Christian Concerns office, and we'll let you know. Thank you for being here, Bart. So this summer uh, might be your summer to go somewhere around the world, meet the family of Christ in another country, and link up with them and work on the projects that are on their heart. So be sure to go by the Christian Concerns office and check out those 13 different agencies. Consider the Honduras trip uh, for this summer, which we've been doing for many years now in, in many different villages. There are a number of hospitals and schools that we've built that are called Westmont Schools of Honduras and, uh, and hospitals by the Westmont name out of the gratitude of the people there. Let me also mention one other opportunity. If a few of you wish, I'm going, uh, we've, we've formed a partnership with an inner city church in Los Angeles, as many of you know from last year, with the Bethel Unspeakable Joy Christian Fellowship. And I'll be preaching there this Sunday for their 50th anniversary. It's in Watts. And uh, if a few of you would like to go with me, you can talk to me afterwards to continue building our friendship with that congregation. So uh, thanks to all the students. Let's thank all of them for sharing. And And don't forget to mark your cards if you want to be a part of the prayer fellowship for San Paulo. You're dismissed.